30, we're looking at a passage here that is uh, talking about uh, personal and public or national confession. Uh, that word we don't use a lot, right? Confession. Uh, but about the idea of going to God, not only for just myself, but really on behalf of my country as well. And so we'll look at two, two main points here, a personal experience and then a public representation. Uh, and, and kind of look at how the psalmist here is uh, viewing, again, the sin, not just his own personal sin, but the sin of his, of his nation and what his desire is with it. Let's read Psalm 130, excuse me, verse 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for the Lord, uh, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Again, we see kind of a personal approach to start, followed by a public approach. So let's look first at the personal experience here of the psalmist. Some think it's Hezekiah. Uh, it does not say, we don't, we don't know for certain who the human author of this would be. But we see, first of all, his personal experience, and we see desperation in the first two verses. He says, out of the depths have I cried. Uh, so you have the idea here of uh, great distress of uh, great difficulty, of great maybe hardship that is there. And in verse 2, he says, Hear my voice, uh, let thine ears be attentive. So you have the idea here of desperation. Uh, the psalmist wanting or desiring, greatly desiring to be heard of God. That is a moment in life that um, it's not, I don't know if it would be accurate to call it rock bottom necessarily, but it's a moment in life where you feel that if God doesn't hear you, if God doesn't answer you, uh, your troubles may be too much to bear. So maybe it is rock bottom, I don't know, but uh, maybe it's different for different people. But here the psalmist has this understanding, out of the depths have I cried, in, in my deepest uh, um, trials of life have I cried, and he says, hear my voice. Let thine uh, ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. So again, it's pointing out need that is here in the psalmist. Then in verse number three, he kind of looks at his own personal shortcomings. He said, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? He said, if you're going to start um, keeping track, if you're going to hold against people, sin, which we know he does if it's unforgiven. We'll look at that more in a moment. But he says, who, who can stand? Nobody can, right? The, the, uh, the verses that say all have sinned, all right, so everyone's a sinner. Um, there's none righteous, no, not one. And so we have this understanding that, man, if, if God is going to hold us accountable for our sin, there's no one who can stand. It fits right in line with those verses of all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And there's none righteous, no, not one. So he looks at himself here and understands the sin. You know, how many sins do you have to commit to be a sinner? 
Just one, right? Once we've sinned once, we're a sinner. That's, that's it. We're, we're, we are in that category now. How old do you have to be to sin? Uh, if you've had children, you understand not very old at all. Uh, very quick rebellion sneaks in. Uh, deceit sneaks in. Um, anger sneaks in. Uh, all these different things. Greed. Um, those kinds of things uh, uh, sneak in. And so uh, one sin makes us a sinner. So God, if you're going to mark iniquity, who shall stand? Nobody. Not a soul. That brings in the wonderful promise of forgiveness. And verse 4 covers that. But there is forgiveness with thee. Um, and then it says there that thou mayest be feared. There is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. And again, this fear is the reverence fear, the uh, uh, looking as a child to their father fear. Uh, there is respect and reverence built into this. And uh, when you fear God, you flee sin. If you truly fear God, you will not run to sin, you'll run from sin. And so when he says there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared, it's an understanding that the person who fears God seeks forgiveness for the sins in which they've committed. And with that is built in, if I may interject this, uh, repentance. And what is repentance? It's a turning from. So it's not just seeking a forgiveness, but it's, it's allowing us to fear God uh, therefore, the fear of God brings uh, the desire for forgiveness along with that, the desire to not sin anymore. Well, does that mean that we'll never sin? Obviously not. But the fear of God brings that desire to run from sin, to stay away from sin as well. Um, I heard recently someone say, talking about a pastor who'd fallen in sin and, uh, and was talking to them and, and, uh, and said, so this whole time that you were preaching and things like that, did that mean that you didn't love God? And he said, no, I loved God, I didn't fear God. Um, I loved Jesus and what he did for me, but I didn't fear God. And honestly, when we think about the Christian life, that is a lot of our disobedience. It's not out of the fact that we don't love what God did for me. It's out of the fact that we don't fear what God can do to me. We don't properly reverence who he is. And, uh, and fear will help us to flee from God. Fear of God, or not from God, fear of God will help us flee from sin. And, uh, and forgiveness can be found in only one, and that's in God alone. So there is forgiveness with thee, uh, which is a great response to verse 3, right? Where it says, if you're going to mark iniquity, none can stand, because the reality is, is none can stand. We, we, cannot, we cannot stand before God righteous without God's forgiveness. But there is forgiveness with God, and only with God. Uh, you know, I've heard people talk about you need to forgive yourself, and I understand that, and I believe that's true in many ways, but you need God to forgive you. And that's the forgiveness that counts. That's the forgiveness that matters. And sometimes people go to God and seek forgiveness, and God forgives, and they just don't accept the forgiveness that God offers them, and they just continue to walk around miserable and weighed down even though God says, if you want forgiveness, I forgive you. Because forgiveness is found with him. So we see desperation, personal shortcomings, forgiveness being found. And then fourthly here under personal experiences, determination. Look at verse number five. Verse number five and six bring up the term wait. Verse number five, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. 
Uh, in verse number five, this weight shows us an exercise in patience. Um, waiting on God is an exercise. I don't know if you've experienced this. I assume you have. Waiting on God is an exercise because you're sitting there going, okay, God, I've asked, uh, you've promised, how about now, <laughs> right? And you want it quicker than it's coming many times. And so you have to wait and you have to be patient and you have to wait for God's timing and for God's answer. And it's an exercise in patience. And the uh, psalmist here has uh, that determination that I'm going to wait on God. No matter how long it takes, no matter what that ultimate answer is, I'm going to wait on God. I wait for the Lord, my soul. So it has the idea of, uh, uh, again, that the most inner parts of me. It's not just by word. It's my heart. It's waiting on God. I'm truly determined and committed to wait on him. And he says there at the end, and in his word do I hope. What does that mean? We talked about it many times before. In his, what he's promised me, what he's told me, that's where my hope is. Not in what man has told me, not in what experience has told me, not in what uh, someone else uh, and their experience has told me, but what God has said. That's where my hope is. So I'm going to wait. Uh, the wait here has, the, has a, 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 a hint of trust. Not a hint. It has a lot of it. Of trust in there. I'm going to wait on him. And then in verse 6, it uses the word wait again, where it says, My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they which watch for morning. So along with the exercise in patience comes an expectation with patience. He says in verse 6 that it waiteth for the Lord more than they which watch for morning. Um, someone who watches for morning anticipates the sun to rise, right? Expects the sun to rise. I've been in this situation with storms, right? Where it's storming at night and you think, I just need the sun to come up. <laughs> I just need the sun to come up. I just need morning to be here. Or maybe you've been in a situation where you can't sleep, and you're like, I just need the sun to come up. I just need the day to start. I just need it to not be 2 o'clock in the morning. All right, I need, It needs to be 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and so that anticipation, that expectation for morning, uh, he says, my soul waiteth. It has that same expectation for God as the person who has the expectation the sun's going to rise. Uh, there's a confidence there. And there's an expectation that if I wait on God, he will do what he says he's going to do. This is an area that I've talked about before that you have to experience for yourself. You can have anyone in the world tell you, wait on God, expect him to do what he says he's going to do. Uh, and, and you can believe them, but you're always going to have that hint of doubt until it happens for yourself. Till you experience it for yourself. All right, Lord. I'm committed to wait on you. Whatever your timing is, whatever your response is, I'm going to wait and I'm going to anticipate your answer um, that you're going to, to receive this because you've told me that you will. Um, you should have confidence in that. The Bible talks about praying, and I'm paraphrasing, but praying and understanding that there is, uh, there is an answer coming, right? Uh, praying and saying, I'm praying with faith, I'm praying with trust that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. 
And the same is true in waiting as well. So that's the personal experience of the psalmist here. And then the last two verses covers the public representation that he has. Verse number 7, we see hope in the Lord. He's already talked about his hope in the Lord. But look in verse number 7, let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. I have that two words underlined in my Bible because I liked it. Plenteous redemption. Uh, Redemption is from God alone. So therefore hope in the Lord, for he is the one that can bring redemption. Um, no matter how rich, this is a, this is a, a quote, I should read it correctly, a quote from a preacher. He says, however rich their spiritual heritage, nations cannot survive apart from spiritual renewal. No matter how, or however rich their spiritual heritage, nations cannot survive apart from spiritual renewal. It doesn't matter how, uh, how amazing the spiritual history is in a nation without a fresh renewal from god a nation can't survive um you can talk you can read about the great awakening and the other great revivals of the past it doesn't it, it it's great and it holds a great part of history but in order to survive we need more we need a a, a new spiritual renewal a spiritual awakening a spiritual revival we need continuous spiritual happenings. It's like um, uh, anything that just needs to be refreshed, fresh water put into a flower. You can't just put a flower in water and it survive forever, right? It needs clean water. It needs fresh water. Fish, same thing. You can't just let the, the, the aquarium fill and stay the same all the time. It needs to be cleaned out and refreshed, renewed. And the same is true with a nation, with individuals too, but with a nation spiritually, it can't live off the past revivals. It needs a renewal. It needs a, a, a fresh uh, thing. And he says here in verse 7, Let Israel hope, that's looking to the future, in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy. So the issues that we've had, that's the same that I was talking about with the, the forgiveness is from God. Um, all that happened. We can't change now what happened in the past. But we can hope in God because there's mercy in him and plenteous redemption. What does the word plenteous mean, right? We know what that means. It's it's a lot. Plenteous. Plenteous redemption. I like it because redemption's enough. But plenteous redemption, that's great. That's gravy. It's cherry on top. It's plenteous. It's all kinds. It's, It's there. It's available. And God is ready to give it to us. So hope in the Lord. And then the last verse, we see help in the Lord. Verse number eight where it says, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Um, redemption is the positive, sin is the problem. Right? Why does it need to be redeemed? Because there's sin. And so an understanding here that we need help from God because of the iniquities. Uh, he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. What, he wouldn't have needed to redeem Israel if there were no iniquities. So in your own life and in our country, in our world, um, there is hope in God, and God is able to redeem us as a country, as individuals, but as a country, from our iniquities. But we first have to understand there is a problem, right? We got to know what the problem is. And the problem is sin. What's sin? Well, all of them. <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of them. 
That's why there's plenteous redemption. Because there's plenteous iniquities. I don't know that that's grammatically correct, but you get the idea. There's a lot of them. So we need a lot of redemption, and God is able to do so. And, uh, and the psalmist here has this, this uh, tone of hope of what God can and is willing and able to do for his country, for his nation, for the people whom he, he has um, compassion uh, for and a burden for. He says God's able. And God's able to do the same thing for our country. Uh, God is able to give a spiritual renewal in America. Um, God is stronger than the sins of our country. God is uh, able to forgive and to cleanse and to renew. And uh, so we should have the hope slash, if I, maybe the more term that we would use today, confidence in God and what he's able to do. And let's seek him for mercy and let's take advantage of his plenteous redemption. And uh, let's hope in him that we can see not only in our own lives, although that's crucial, uh, but also in our nation as well, what God is able to do uh, uh, with the, the, the current situation that we live in. Uh, so uh, that's Psalm 130. Uh, and next week we'll look at a very short psalm. Psalm 131 is only three verses. Uh, pretty short psalm, but looking forward to getting to that one as well. Lord, help us please to, to have a burden for our, our, the people around us, our community, our, our state, our nation. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, we would take some time to look at the state of our country and to not just that, but, but where we are, uh, what role we're playing. Um, Lord, what we need to do uh, to obey you. Uh, so, Lord, give us confidence. Lord, give us patience. Um, help us to be in that spot where we're out, able to call out from the depths and cry to you. Uh, Lord, help us to understand the importance of the fact there is forgiveness in you. And, uh, Lord, just help us to patiently follow and trust and obey what you have for us. So, Lord, we, we, uh, we pray for these things, and, Lord, we anticipate your help and strengthening us to do what you desire for us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you've got your prayer list, you can pull it out. Oh, I printed off something from the Rollins and left it on the printer. Thanks a lot, Camden. You can go turn off the recording, please. If you're still listening to the recording, stop now. The following is top secret.